Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Dawn Matsy. She uh, has been a general contractor for over 30 years. Yes, I said 30 years. Uh, so so it's such a pleasure to have a woman on today that is just a rock star uh, contractor. And she shared her inside scoop of how she deals with general contractors. She's an investor and a, and a GC. I think one thing you'll get so much from uh, our conversation today with her was, you know, really vetting, vetting the contractor and not just vetting them uh, you know by itself but also keeping yourself in check and how you could be uh you know the 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 person who needs to to lead that relationship so we get into a lot of specifics around that i want to go down that rabbit hole but it was absolutely phenomenal of getting and keeping the right general contractor you know what i really like about don cuz she's so relatable and she speaks our language, you know, she sees our investor side and she sees the general contractor side. So she plays both sides in, in this interview here. And it's really good to see from their perspective, uh, what type of relationship do you have uh, with your contractor right now? And what can you take responsibility for as the leading piece and how can you move through this and still build your business and help them build their businesses? And, you know, it's just like a, a marriage per se. So I really love Don. You are going to finish up this episode wanting more. I'm just going to tell you right now, you want more and you're going to have questions about it. Okay. So enjoy this episode. Interest rates are sky high in 2023 and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an eight, nine or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with Rent to Retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high cash flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 
800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we are all about empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life. Right, Andressa? That is is what gives us breath, right? It is every single day. I think I I ask myself every single day, what did I do today to live a financially free and balanced life? One thing, two things. Great question. What a great question. And you know, we we have a woman here today so excited about having you on, Dawn. Um, Matsy from California. I'm going to talk, we're going to get, jump into like, she's a general contractor. So, so excited about having you on. Um, appreciate you being here. Appreciate you making time to share your wisdom with our community. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to jump into to Dawn's story here in a moment. Um, as we always do, I'd just like to welcome everyone back. Thanks for spending some time with us. We know how time is so precious, so thank you. And if this is your first time, uh, thank you for, for pressing play. And, and we'll make your time well spent. We get right down to it. Andres and I are no nonsense. Uh, but we do like to share just something that's coming up for us. And then some sort of quick dip. And then we jump right into the interview with yes. um, an amazing woman. Right, Andresa? It is. We're no nonsense. I like that. Yeah, no nonsense, right? Get to, get to <laughs> it. No right? nonsense. No nonsense. Um, so here's what I have uh, this week, Andressa. It's my it's my turn. Andressa yeah. and I take turns. We're very, very polite like that. Um, what's coming up for me is, you know, a goal that I've had, um, and I probably have mentioned it like 95 times on this podcast, but <laughs> it's good because then people will message me like, how you doing with that goal? I'm like, ooh, right. I like that. Keep me accountable. But one of my goals has been to... to, what, to which one? Yeah, I know. I have a lot of different goals. I know. I'm just like, which of your 95 goals? Um, I have a goal to uh, buy a vacation rental. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so much of our conversation, so many women are pivoting in a lot of ways to that niche. Um, it's just, there's a lot of things going on, especially since COVID. I feel like it's just really uh, grown, especially vacation rentals, right? So um, we had Avery Carl on and uh, she's um, just came out with a book. Uh, about short-term rentals by bigger published by bigger pockets. You gotta check that out. But we were talking about just areas and just a lot of different things, right? All the questions. I, I love interviewing people about things I'm really curious about. Because <laughs> I'm so selfish and like I have 18 questions. So let me get to my 18 questions. But but honestly, like I think, okay, well, we wouldn't want to hear too, of course. Um, and so anyway, I, I got to asking different questions. Then we got to talk about financing. Mm. And there's a lot of questions around financing. And she shared a little bit about I didn't even realize there was a 10% um, vacation home loan, uh, as the, obviously you can't keep using that. You have to put in your personal name. There's some, you know, mm-hmm. drawbacks or pros and cons to that. And then there's even like 15% conventional loans. I didn't realize it was that low that you can get. So uh, why I'm saying that today is that don't let, don't let financing stop you. And two, make sure you're talking to the right lenders. Uh, Meaning, yeah. Uh, you know, you call community bank and say, Oh, do you, do you finance, um, you know, vacation rentals. Oh yeah, yeah, we do that. And then meanwhile, you know, the in conversations as you're talking to the loan officer, et cetera, et cetera, they, they haven't really, you know, have, they haven't loaned any money out in the last six months on that type of um, investment. So be really mindful. And they're going to tell you things that other banks will tell you something completely different. So make sure you're talking to the right lenders that have the, the, the niche in mind that they're financing on. It's really important in this business because you can literally get pushed in the wrong way and get told you can't do something by someone who's just not lending in that area. So 
that's kind of the tip I have. I, I would highly recommend. We have a lot of different things coming up with with Avery. She is the best-selling author of um, short about short-term rental uh, short-term rentals. It is a book on bigger pockets, and um, she just launched a mortgage shop, um, which is cool. Short-term shop, mortgage shop, but um, you know, basically they're they're financing and lending on short-term rentals, and that's her core business. So talk to people who are doing this type of business. That's the key, whether we know it's them or someone else. So and their um and their website's mortgageshop.co, which is a great resource for for ladies looking to finance their short-term rental. So that's so cool. You about. know, what comes to my head is like, if you want to piss me off, you waste my time. And I think that a lot of the women that are doing short-term rentals are talking to the wrong people right now. And you're not just wasting your time. You are wasting their time as well. And yeah. you're just going to get, you're going to get all those documents and everything for them to say, wait a minute, I didn't realize you were talking about short-term rental here or, or wait, what? I don't know about that. And you'd be surprised, um, you know, short-term rental is not this like thing that has been in, in, in here for decades yeah. that people are aware of it. We're still evolving the regulations, the lending portion is still evolving. And I would dare to say quite quote unquote new to it. So don't expect people to know and don't get stopped by it. You're just asking the wrong people. We're connecting with the wrong people. So there is always a way to get things done uh, on your own terms. So just, just connect it. And, uh, don't waste people's time and don't waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> Make and, sure and, you're and, not doing that. And keep using our Facebook community, our free Facebook yeah. community, our free resources. Hey, I talked to a lender. I'm trying to get this done. Have you ever experienced this? And that you should see the comments. And we're like, you're talking to the wrong person. That's not true. So again, lenders are not all, <laughs> they don't all know what they're completely doing, nor are they interested in, in financing everything that we want them true. to finance. So um, very cool stuff. So um, without further ado, Dawn, thank you so much again for being on. We always like thank to you. kind of kick things off with the women we interview and asking them really is what what propelled them to get involved in this business, to kind of jump into this business. Uh, and so I, I know it couldn't have been because there's so many women before you <laughs> that are our contractors. So what for you pulled you in to, uh, to doing this? Well, thank you both for having me, Andressa and Liz. This is such an honor. I appreciate your time and, uh, let's see what we can, um, help, help your audience with. I grew up in the Midwest and it was a wonderful life, but it was a very secluded life. I grew up my parents every summer owner builders would do a spec house and us kids were all required to help them in their uh, construction build. Um, we shoveled pea gravel. We helped <clears throat> help with concrete. We would do, you know, my brother and I would do all sorts of things. Um, so that was kind of in my roots. Now I took off, went to California um, after high school with $200 in my pocket and said, I'm going to make this happen. And my girlfriend and I, and we uh, enrolled in UCLA, got through UCLA. I didn't want to pay off my student loans. So I kept going to school, got my master's in marriage and family counseling. Now somebody would say, well, what the hell does that have to do with construction? <laughs> That's good. And, that is, yeah, exactly. That is very good, right. actually. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And so it really helped me to uh, understand the relationship that happens between contractors 
and the general contractor, contractors, and the homeowner. Um, that was really key. There's a lot more to that story, but that we'll save that for another time. Um, some of the things that are so important when us as investors, uh, you realize that construction touches every aspect of investing. And you can't get around it. And it's super intimidating if you don't understand a lot of things. Um, I've been doing custom residential, custom remodels for 35 years. Um, yes, I'm 100 years old. No, <laughs> you're not 100 years old, Dawn. You look amazing. This is just you're an hologram. So <laughs> you're so nice. Yeah, no, but I mean, it gets in your blood. I mean, if you have figured out how to manage a bunch of men, you can figure out how to make any investment work. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Don, you know why I'm laughing. Because I have so many stories about that. But you are touching a very good point, right? When we are hiring contractors, um, we are intimidated as women because the construction is not something that we learn in school or or even if we went to trade school to, to learn that, there is the piece of managing other people that takes an, a different layer. So I'm selfishly going to ask all the questions that women from, from our community asked. Uh, how can I figure this out? I was like, well, let's get from directly from a GC and get the answers. So when, when vetting a contractor, right, I think that that's one of the biggest things. Like people yes. don't focus on the vetting process. Yes. What right. would you say women questions that they need to ask or a couple of like strategies that they need to really make sure uh, they touch touch base on certain points before they sign a contract? Well, I have so much to say about this. Um, first of all, they need to meet with in person. It doesn't work this is just my opinion, when it's virtual and you have not met that contractor in person, number one, do they have three eyes? Are they, do they drive a, tr a professional truck? Do they look like a contractor? Do they smell like a contractor? <laughs> All these things are important. I know this is a very rudimentary interview. I'm telling you, it's going to be just, you know, um, basic ground level. You need to ask the right questions. And that's a really good point. How long have you had your license? What is your experience? Are you a custom builder? Are you a, uh, do you work for investors? Because how builders work is different in different environments. There's the custom builder. There's the, the guy that's just kind of a up-leveled handyman. And he just got his license. Then there's the green newbie that doesn't know crap, to be honest. He yeah. just got his license and you want to give him a try. And he's a great price, but you don't want to be doing experimenting on your projects. So the thing I think women forget is um, to communicate directly with that contractor as if he's part of your team, even while you're vetting. What's your value add? How can you help me get crossover to the finish line? Tell me who are your referrals that I can talk to uh, that um, are in other investors. I'd like to talk to other investors, not just homeowners, other investors. Um, and what have you done for them? What's the scope of work that you've accomplished um, for them? 
So it's really important to know what kind of general contractor they are. Do they look you in the eye or do they look at your boobs? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird. <laughs> I love you, Don. That is true. <laughs> yeah, it is true. And, and you want someone who respects you. Um, I think I have to, I, I can't talk about the contract without talking about us as women as interviewers. I've been on both sides, right? Interviewing different subcontractors, but you got to know that our role is just as important as a vetter as it is the business person. What I mean by that is ask good questions. Don't go rambling on about your backstory, about why you bought this building and why you're going to renovate it and what your outcome is. They want nuts and bolts. Guys are very simple. And I think you girls could relate to that. They want to know what's the bottom line. So you you need to not try, try and not do too much of a backstory because you lose them. It's like deer in the headlights once you get a lot of backstory going on. Because we love backstory, right? We want to explain what's going on and how we got to this place and the financing and everything else. Well, they don't care about any of that. They want to know what's the job that you might uh, be hiring them for? Do they have a license? Do they have insurance? Those are all really important things. Interview three, interview three minimally, and don't go overboard. You know, if you're if you're one of these Uber investors and you interview ten contractors, we just will be confused. So you want to keep it simple. You want to keep it simple. Get your three contractors, vet them, ask them if they do prelims, preliminary liens. And tell them that you're going to ask them to sign a lien release for every draw. Now, let's get into, for a moment, the contract. There's many different kinds of contracts out there. And this will make your head spin. I'm sure if you're a newbie, it will make your head spin. If you have been doing this a while, it's a good refresher. There's time and materials, which you want to stay away from. You know, that's always an opportunity for somebody to get Take, you know, get rich and take their European vacation with it's your good job. For somebody. You yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second one is um, cost plus. Um, and there's all kinds of hybrids in between. So you have to read their contract carefully. Often, now this is, I've seen it in the threads in Investor uh, community that they are so excited that somebody actually called them back and they hired them on the spot. And especially if you don't live in that area, you're under a tight time frame. Take a step back, deep breathing, and you must have three interviews, especially when it comes to a GC. They're hugely different. They're hugely different in how they relate. You want to get somebody who really communicates well with you. And in the end, if all of those checkboxes, the license, the insurance, now um, I have to go off on a tangent for a minute with the license. There's so many pitfalls. A guy can hold a license or a gal, mostly guy, but that might be their friend's license. Mm. You have to go into the contractor board in which the state in which it, they hold the license and look it up and make sure that if it's a company, then you ask them, what is the role that they have in that company? Are they a working general contractor or are they 
um, in the office all the time, sitting behind the desk, directing other managers. You want to meet the guy that's going to be at the job site as well. So that's called the superintendent or whatever. But you have to ask your general contractor, if that's who you're hiring, is he the guy at the job site? Does he carry the tools? Does he put the belt on or she? And so getting to the person, the physical person that's going to do the work is what you want to do, both in your interview and when you are um, fully executed the contract and you're ready to go. So again, there's different hybrids of contract. Read it carefully. So somebody who's been in the business a long time will have a decent contract. Mine is like five pages. I'm a cost plus. And here's what that means. The costs of the job, the, you know, the labor, the materials um, are something that I pass on to you at a discount. And then I get paid a percentage on top of those numbers. So in other words, and most, by the way, most GCs are between 15 and 17% somewhere. Now, I was on a podcast the other day where uh, I was listening to a podcast, um, a couple of men interviewing another GC. He charges 20%, but that's a full custom. You have to understand that's a full custom. That's handholding. That's, uh, you know, walking them through design. So one thing women need to remember is that don't remodel, flip, do a spec as if it's your house. Think of the outcome first. Work backwards. Think of the outcome in which you are trying to achieve. So in other words, if it's a rental house, you're not going to necessarily buy all new cabinets unless they're falling apart. You're going to paint the existing cabinets. And, you know, you can do a lot with paint, as we all know. Uh, paint is free. Color is free. Not the not the physicality of the paint can, but the color you use is free. You can design up an awesome rental that many people are attracted to and that'll pay top dollar. But Great. you need to remember to pull back with the scope of work and make sure you create that budget. Yeah. So that's the other thing. You have to ask a GC. Do you get involved in the budget piece? In other words, do, they, do you work together with them on the budget? Or is that something that you're supposed to communicate to them and and um, constantly kind of uh, micromanage them about? Yeah. Those are conversation pieces. Yeah, there's there's a lot you just kind of shared I know, there. I'm sorry. It's I a little it. overwhelming. No, no, like, no, no, no. It's like really, really good stuff too. It's like really, really great stuff. I mean, yeah. That's what I mean. Um, yeah. There, I want to I put a couple, I want to go back to the contracts. I think you can give yes. us some insight in the room listening on red flags um, when vetting around the contract. I think that would be would be a great conversation. I just want to put a pin in something you said r- earlier on about the vetting process. And I don't think we've ever, I never thought of it in this way. And it just reminded me of something that I just put together for our members, part of our uh, women, part of our, our, our membership, drive membership. It's something around the responsibility of like orchestrating it. So, so often we think like it's them and then they're they're either the good or the bad contractor, but it's nothing about me, you know? And to your point, yeah. I think that's a really, really, really important point. Like when you're meeting a contractor, you're meeting a lender, you're meeting fill in the blank. 
you really do have to be mindful, right? Of how much yes. information you give, how little information you give, how much you over talk, how much you under talk. You know, I'm going back to personality because I talk about this all the time, but it, it does come back to who we are and how, like, how much are we a master of, of a, as a communicator and as a mm-hmm. relationship builder? Because mm-hmm. that is going to impact the effectiveness of our relationship with a contractor. So I just, I just want to really hone in on that because that's a great point Um, that that I don't think enough people, you know, especially in our community, think about all the time. We put it on them, right? And now Andressa says, when you take the power away from you and you put it on them, now you can't make any change. That's kind of Mm -hmm. disempowering, right? As you always Mm -hmm. say, Andressa. I just want to make a, I want to make a quick point about that because I literally was just talking about becoming like this orchestrator, like this masterful relationship builder. And mm-hmm. so it just made me think of that. Um, but let's circle back on on like the red flags because those are really helpful for women as they, you know, as they're ramping up their business, they're getting into more properties. They haven't seen all the red flags. They maybe had this amazing contractor on property. One. Even if the red flag was like huge in front yeah, of them. that's true. He's <laughs> <laughs> like but waving, I, hey, I'm right here. We would not know because we don't know what we don't know. So you don't know what you don't right. know. But, I, yep. but if we know that, or if we start to say, okay, these are all the potential things. We can't know everything, but at least we're aware because I, you know, as, as you become experienced in this, you know, the red flags in certain ways, but you don't always know that when you're, you're, um, especially if you've been spoiled, I'll say with some really great contractors, you can sometimes mm-hmm. learn that through the school hard knocks. So what have you seen to be some red flags when it comes to um, the contract and, and the vetting process of just, you know, uh, more so probably the contract. Let's go there because I know you gave us some great tips and strategies around the vetting. So let's talk about the, the, the contract itself. Any other red flags that could would pop up to a woman looking at this go, I don't know if this is the right person. You know, you make a good point, Andressa. You don't know what you don't know. And I think construction is incredibly intimidating. But I think the women in the group need to realize and trust their instincts. Now, they've gotten into this investment. They love housing. They love supplying others with a place to live. So they must start with you. You have to say you are responsible. And I'm including myself because I'm also an investor. Um, I've done specs, I've done flips, I've done um, all all kinds of customs, I've done shacks to mansions, you know, um, cottages, and it's it's the same across the board. There's always potential for ripoff. You have to keep your eyes and ears open. And I think what happens is women naturally think, oh, he's a guy. He must know how to do this. He's, you know, he's got a drill. He must know how to use a chop saw, you know. Um, But that isn't always the case. You have to, number one, you have to realize that this relationship that you're trying to build is a give and a take. It's not just a take. Um, the, when someone comes to me with a problem solving kind of mentality as an owner or as an investor, I like them. That's number one. Look for someone who problem solves. They're not afraid. They're not going to blame. They're not going to point the finger. Like, is it your fault or mine? And how do I upcharge you for, for what, what happened? They're a problem solver. And you don't really know that right away up front. And this is why I like to create as a builder, when I'm interviewing a potential investor or somebody says to me, um, I have a rental house. Can you 
just take care of it. You know, here's my budget. I got 50 K go ahead and uh, make it uh, move in ready. You have to uh, communicate clearly. I forgot where I was going with that, but um, you have to communicate clearly with your owner. And if you see it as a problem solving together, it's a much better relationship. So you don't want this antagonistic relationship. That would be a red flag. Oh, I know what I was going to say. You create a little bit of stress in your interview. Do something and say, you know, I have this house. How would you handle this? I have a mold issue. How would you handle this with me without getting this crazy, crazy, crazy cost surprise bill from uh, the um, remediation person? How would you do that? How would you attack that? And then see what they do. This is all in the interview process. See what they do. I might say something like, well, first thing I would call you and I would probably give you, um, do a lot of FaceTime, do a lot of FaceTime with your contractor so you can get your eyeballs on it without wasting your time going to the job site. That works so well for me. And you, so, so you might look at this mold issue together and say, is this a deal breaker? Is this something that's going to break the back of my budget? Yeah. And you, um, and, and just, I think, it gets a little bit monotonous when owners over and over and over again say, how much is it going to cost? How much is it going to cost? How much is it going to cost? And it's a little bit difficult for a contractor to know on the spot. Mm -hmm. So if you can put your, put your feet in their shoes, they may or may not have an idea of what something costs. Um, until they also do the research. So if if you have a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of mold or something in your bathroom, that's a different way of handling it than a whole section, a whole wall of something. So, so problem solving, that's where I was at originally is being a problem solver because there's problems in every house. I've never oh, yeah. <laughs> built a brand new house or an existing renovation without a problem. Not always. So you have to get that mindset all you know, set up in advance. Absolutely. Um, I have a quick yeah. question regarding the, the, the contract itself, because, uh, women that are starting and, and then if you get a general contractor who is experienced and going to come over with their contract, right. In, in, in that case, and you know, there's like a give and take. I have my own contract. Yes. My GC has his own contract and we need to come in the middle or I use his, but my attorney usually reviews. If I am using his, my attorney is going to review it and then some calls yes. over there. That That's a good point. Me. Would you would you recommend anything else differently um, uh, regarding contract itself? Um, a lot of guys that are really good don't even have contracts, first of all. Yeah, how do you handle that? So, so <laughs> I've been in it long enough. You get the idea. I mean, I don't want to really say this out loud to your audience, but you get an idea. If you've been around it a lot, you kind of see a profile. Um, it's the way they carry themselves. It's the language that they talk, uh, talk in. Um, if you want to be a master at nailing the construction piece, you got to understand the language of construction. And I'm not talking four letter words, <laughs> mm -hmm. although those come too. Um, so getting back to the contract, yes, absolutely. If you 
have a feeling in your gut that something is, mm, this contract is like 15 pages long. Why do we need a 15 page contract? Or if you think the scope of work is shy of some details, you need to get another bid. That's your red flag. Don't don't enter into a contract without figuring out how to get out of that contract. Mm. If you are in doubt, if you are in doubt, you need to get another bid. If there's any hesitation whatsoever, you know, a lot of us women, we do things differently than men in construction. And a lot of it is our feelings. A lot of it is how are we going to feel working with this guy? And that's part of it. But you also need to look at every single line in the contract, especially generals of contracts. Uh, the subcontractors are one page or they might write it out in their truck even. Uh, that's okay. Don't let that bother you. As long as they have their address on there, their license number, and they um, refer to the fact that they have uh, insurance and you can easily look them up. Like I was saying before, many contractors, whether it's a plumber, electrician, or a general, they'll use someone else's license. So that's another red flag. Physically look up Google on the computer, whatever, the municipality, that the state you're in for the license number. Make sure the name is consistent with the card that he gave you. And if not, that's a red flag, or at least it opens a new discussion about, oh, well, who is this person? And I've had many guys tell me, oh, that's my, that's my buddy and I, we work together. <laughs> and it's, I'm not kidding you. That's a huge red flag. Walk away, go the other direction. Indeed. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to talk about bids, right? Because uh, I, I've seen so many different bids. They're like, oh my gosh, are we even talking about the same project? Right? <laughs> it's very interesting to see. Um, I'm not a big fan of lump sum bids. That is just like this huge scope and then one number at the bottom. 
to me, I cannot even, <laughs> and if there is an employment a payment plan attached to, to it on how and what we're going to do this, you're just like praying that this goes well at the end right. uh, and they don't walk away and they used to mm-hmm. have money to finish the job. So that's what do you got to say point, about that? Andressa. That's an excellent point. That lump sum bid is what, it's funny you say you don't like it. Most investors, they want to know the bottom line or homeowners. What's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? I want to stick to that number. Um, There's kind of a secrecy with contractors and I'm at fault too. I don't want to give a number out because I don't know what their tastes are. I don't know what they're going to pick. Stainless steel or white appliances? Who knows? Yeah, it depends. Yeah, yeah. So contractors don't, it's a lot more work for them to do that as well. So Um, I like, because I think people are super intelligent. I like the cost plus it's, you know, when you add more on, he's going to get, or she's going to get a percentage, you know, you stay in control. You have to stay in control as an investor of your budget. And when something is over here, you have to move it down and reduce the next one. Why do you think though, people uh, are resistant to cost plus i don't think that they want to share how much they're making in the, in the the percent is that the problem there's so many pitfalls um men don't want to reveal i say men because um i just don't know that many female generals um men don't want to they want the opportunity to here's an example they want to do the demo themselves instead of hiring it out. Their line items is $5,000 on a full house demo, for instance. They get their trailer. You know, you didn't ask a question who's doing the demo or whatever, because you didn't know. And you don't, frankly, you don't care if it fits in the budget. So he pulls up, it cost him, you know, Joe Schmo is going to come in there and help him. He's going to physically remove all the stuff and put it in the trailer. He goes to the dump. It's $150. He charges you 500. So they all have a right to make money, but, but a contractor that does fixed bid will often do some of the line items that are big tickets for him. Maybe he's specialized in that. Maybe he, um, you know, demo is a very, easy thing to uh, pad and it's okay to pad because he's doing the work but he can't pad and pad and pad and pad every line item because there goes your budget so I think what you would be smart in asking Andressa is are all line items subcontracted out or do you do any of the work yourself and if so do you, how much do you pad? I mean, it's a little bit unnerving to get that question asked of me. Mm-hmm. How much do you pad? But, you know, you're looking for somebody with integrity and transparency. And once you have those two things, somebody who has integrity will tell you, they'll tell you, they'll show you. I, I usually pad it by 10 or 12% so that I can pay for my gas and my time. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah, nothing wrong with fair. that as an investor. To me it's you, fair. You're not gonna, you can't nickel and dime them, right? They got to make a living or they'll never work for you again. Yeah. And so you want to be fair, you as an investor and uh, a contractor too. So those two things. I don't know if I answered your question. Was that? You did. Uh, mm-hmm. You did. Yep. Don, yeah. in terms of um, something else that I think is, is an interesting conversation is like, 
you know, you're vetting the right person, you have the plan, you put together the, the you know, the payment process, you, you kind of get it all up and running and they like go yes. gangbusters, right? They're doing mm-hmm. amazing at the beginning. Um, and then as the project continues, this has happened to us many times. Probably okay. I I would say we've done that where we use a contractor who has the license number and we didn't look into it. And yeah, so that we've, we've done that in the past, not on just and I, I should say, I just like, I would never do that. No, like early days, me and that, but anyway, it happens um, to everybody. It happens to everybody. Yeah. But, um, where was I going with my question? Oh, so they're, they're, they're gangbusters, right? They're doing amazing. They've gotten so much done for whatever reason. I've seen it happen so many times on so many projects where the, the scheme re- is reduced as the project comes to a near end. And I get it, you know, where it's like, I, and I understand it, philosophically, if I was a contractor, right? A lot of the money is made when they're getting it up and running. And then it's like, the, the then it's like the specific details. But as an investor, right? That's kind of like your, that's like game time, right? That's the most important mm-hmm. time, honestly, because mm-hmm. you're trying mm-hmm. to like knock it out, get it listed or get it rented mm-hmm. or what have you. And that can just drag. So any tips, suggestions, I know women listening who have been in this too have experienced that with good contractors, not just the ones that are, you know, right. going to steal your money. Obviously those are, those aren't the good contractors. I mean it with like everyone I'm experiencing that on something right now. So just out of curiosity for, for you on, on that angle, like any, I don't know, creative ways to, to manage that situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. First off, I wanted to make sure I tell this point when you're doing a remodel flip, whatever it is, your blows your skirt up, right? You, you only give them 10% up front. No more state of California is 10%. No more. They can't legally do that. Check your state. It might be slightly different. Um, state contractors board. Go on that website, get to know it really well. So that's number one. Number two, never, 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 women, never pay anybody for labor in advance. Never. Yes. I can't tell you enough. (laughs) Do not do it. It's going to screw you every time. Women call me on the phone because they're, and men do it too, but they're not brave enough to call me and admit, <laughs> Here, they admit that they paid the guy 50% up front because they were leaving town and they wanted the guy to be motivated to get it done. We are humans. We don't, we're not motivated when we already got the gift. We've not motivated when we've already got the payment. You know, all of us humans are the same. You lose that motivation. So don't ever, ever, ever do it for labor. Once in a while, you're going to need to buy materials in advance. Okay. You know, when they have a contract, make sure their labor and materials is spelled out. Who's paying for what? Um, I like to once in a while, if I have time, but it's very time sensitive. I like to get the materials if I'm not sure about the guy. I like to get the materials. I'm checking out a new guy, get those materials for them. And, or you say, I will be happy to reimburse you. You give me the receipt. And when I, when you submit a bill to me, not the same day, I love these guys that they're same day. They want money now. Oh, that's because they don't have any float. They don't have any accounts anywhere. They don't have any float in in their bank account. If they're professional, they can usually go a week, two weeks, 
Now, the commercial group with offices is a whole different thing. They're like 90, 120 days out for payment. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about residential. Um, so so that's, I kind of lost where we were going with that, but that's super key. Do not ever pay for labor in advance. Red flag, when they ask you, go to the next contractor. You know, um, you stay in control that way. That's the piece, Liz, that you're talking about. How do you keep control and how do you keep them motivated to finish? My, my experience is that you've got guys that are, they get excited up front and then they, you know, some of them drop off with interest. You want to keep, your responsibility as an investor is to keep them motivated and you don't keep them motivated by paying them in advance, never. But you don't also, you don't keep them motivated by threats. If you don't finish, I'm going to have to dock you. That does not motivate a contractor. I got to tell you that right now. You go, okay, well, they're adversarial. I'm not sure I want to do business with them again. You know, um, so you have to keep the relationship going. Think of it as a friendship, a relationship. We can work this out. We're problem solvers. And the problem solving is not just you writing a check either. Uh, Some of it is give and take. So be aware of that. But um, I think I answered a few things that we were talking about there. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think it's, and it's, it's so important, right? Because I think what, what I really hear you saying, and it's really helpful in terms of reiterating, is there's two ways, there's two schools of thought, right? You can either be, you know, kind of too nice or like, yeah. or or you're going to be just too rough or too direct, right? And you're kind of overcompensating because they're not fulfilling or, but I think, just like all, I, I, was, I was back back to the original point of like being someone who's working on their relationship building skills and communication skills. Um, wherever you are in that continuum, you can adapt. If you're gonna, if you're naturally too nice, you're gonna have to step it up. You're gonna have to learn mm-hmm. to be more direct or find mm-hmm. someone who can be direct in a nice way, of course, yes. Um, yes. or vice versa. If you're just a tough, pretty direct person, you know, having some of those. Um, hey, let's let's talk about this. How do we prep? figure this out together. I think collaborative in nature would be, is a, is a great way to approach it. So it's, it's a short good- sentences, Liz, yeah. short sentences. You talk to a contractor in very short sentences. I'm not saying, I'm not casting judgment here. Men do better if you are concise. Yeah. Good, good suggestion. But or yeah, anybody think- for that matter. I need the following. This is what I need from you. And if you could write that out on a real contract, on well, a real, point. you know, Bullet yeah, points, points, anything. But when you get the three bids, you understand the scope of work. You learn as a woman, as an investor, you learn what you're missing and not missing when you get those three bids. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And I think I think the um, keeping yourself in check and being mindful of your way of being and all of that is just a really good reminder for, for us. Um, this is awesome. We get we get heavy back on. Uh, there's so much more we could dive into, but I think yeah, you've given us a lot of great food for thought here. Um, where can the ladies listening learn more about you, uh, Don? www.womanbuilder.com. It's W-O-M-A-N builder.com. That's my website. I'm also, I'd love to have you follow me on Woman Builder Dawn Instagram. And also the same for Facebook. Woman Builder Dawn on Facebook. Um, there's lots of tips and lots of stuff, uh, newsletters and things like that that I uh, send out on the website. 
just for tidbits. Um, on Instagram, I have a lot of things where they can pick up tips, how to, how to do their rental house for less. And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people, great people on your podcast that have given tips. For instance, like um, go get prefab court slabs instead of the, the fabricated ones. Uh, so just that's just a little bit of a for instance. But yes, womanbuilder.com. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All of this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first question that I have for you, Don, is what's the most powerful book you ever read? Um, investing, you know, the purple books that got me started, but it made me hungry. I didn't see the how in the purple books. They were incredibly inspiring and motivating, but I couldn't figure out the how, you know, this was like 25 years ago. And so that was number one. The other, the other one that I'm currently reading, um, is, um, the obstacle is the way Hmm. it's a really good book by Ryan holiday. It's easy to read. Awesome. And then of course, profits first. And one, <laughs> this is a business book. It's not a, a investment book, but the soul sourced entrepreneur by Christine Kane is really, really powerful. Awesome. Take notes, mm-hmm. ladies. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The second one yeah. is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? I do. I do the miracle morning. I don't know if you guys are, you know, that, you know, the savers, you know, yeah. the, the meditation and the affirmations and the visualization exercise, writing and reading. And that when I miss it, I just hate myself. I mean, you know, I just, and, and working out, of course, when I move, I think when I move, I can think. And so that's super important too. Love it. And the last question, Don, is which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Well, I've been thinking about this for like a week. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's one significant person. Okay. Um, I have many women in my life that have contributed. Uh, whew, this is a tough one. I have a realtor friend that is amazing. And as investors, the realtors are excellent source for a lot of things. She showed me creative financing. She, her name's Debbie. She showed me how to weather tough situations. And I think her influence in my investment career and construction career was super influential. Uh, it's the creativity in investing. She has many, many investments herself. So, um, I would have to say her amongst many other women, I'm inspired by, um, Ashley Wilson. Amazing Amazing. lady. Uh, that's Uh, the most recent recent inspiration. She is so on fire and I love, love her book in your background there. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you guys, of course. Uh, so that, that was a, that was a big win too. Good stuff. Yeah. And it, and it continues to go, right? Women inspiring other women. Yes. So uh, Dawn, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for sharing your uh, great nuggets and uh, around such an important topic. So thank yes. you for uh, being here. Thanks for sharing all your great wisdom with our community. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. 
there, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.